Welcome to the Valleybrook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a message from our current study, The Gospel and Mental Health. In this four-part series, we'll look at what the gospel of Jesus can teach us about setting boundaries, how to deal with anxiety and depression, and the importance of forgiveness. To watch any of our previous messages online or find all listening platforms, we encourage you to visit www.valleybrook.cc forward slash on demand. Enjoy! Good morning, everybody. Welcome to those of you online. We're glad you're here. We're in the second week of this series called The Gospel and Mental Health. Why are we talking about this? Because God wants us to find healing in our relationship with him, and he he cares about the whole person. And so the gospel, the good news of Jesus, speaks to us about that. I can remember the day like it was yesterday. I was at a UConn football game with my son, and it was a bright, sunny day. Uh, We were enjoying the game, even though UConn was losing, Um, but because of the slowness of the game, I I think my mind just began to wander. You know, know, uh, chronologically in my life, um, it was a couple of years after I had had my first heart surgery, and during the following years, I had had several scary cardiac uh, events that landed me back in the hospital, and... um, Now, on this day, at this football game, I was just a few months away from an eagerly anticipated trip to Israel, where I was going to walk in the footsteps of Jesus and uh, just uh, see uh, an amazing land. So as my mind wandered, it came to rest on this thought, when I go to Israel, what happens if I have heart problems? With that thought, a surge of fear welled up inside of me like I'd never known. I I could feel my heart start to race. I looked around at all the people enjoying the football game, and all I wanted to do was to get out of that stadium. I felt panicky, and I felt anxious, and I didn't know what was happening to me or why it was happening, and my thoughts swirled around the fear of ending up in the hospital while I was overseas, And and the thoughts came wave after wave after wave. And for a time, I was oblivious to what was happening around me. I envisioned myself in a hospital in a foreign country, far away from my family, really not knowing what to do or how to get out of that. And the feelings were flooding my mind, and I was becoming overwhelmed as I struggled to figure out what was happening. In between those waves of fear and anxiety, I kept thinking to myself, what is going on? Why am I feeling this way? And and somewhere in the midst of those thoughts, I said, I I can't get up and run out of here. I don't want to freak my son out because he doesn't know what's going on inside my head. But but I needed to stop whatever was going on. And the thought came to me, you should pray. And so I started to pray just in my head. And I focused on the words I was praying on over and over to God. And and honestly, I don't know how long I prayed. But when I stopped praying, I realized that that the the panicky, the anxious feelings had had subsided. They had had gone down. My my heart rate was returning to normal, and and I no longer wanted to run out of that football stadium. And and as I sort of sat there recovering from what had happened, I just realized I I just had a panic attack. And I'd, I'd never experienced that before in my life. Now, the big picture, we need to understand that God created all of us with the ability to to 
feel the full spectrum of emotions that you have felt or that others have felt in life. God has created us to be able to feel those emotions. And feeling anxious is one of those emotions. And and it can be defined as worry or uneasiness or apprehension about a future event. It's what we feel before we make a speech in public. It's what we feel before we take an important test or perform in a concert or play an important ball game. And those are the healthy emotional expressions and experiences of anxiety. But anxiety becomes a problem when it becomes all-consuming when it interferes with our everyday lives and our activities and our relationships, and and when it culminates in things like I experienced that day, a panic attack. Now, if you've ever suffered from anxiety, you're not alone. Uh, The Bible actually reveals to us that, at least on one occasion, Jesus suffered from severe anxiety, and some would even say that he experienced a panic attack. The Bible tells us that on the, the night that he was betrayed by Judas Iscariot, he took his disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. Now, because Jesus is all-knowing, he knew what was coming next. He, he knew that his crucifixion was just hours away. And he knew that that would take on great emotional, spiritual, and physical weight. And that's why he wanted to pray. In fact, before he began praying... He actually makes a very revealing statement to the disciples, and it it illustrates the anxiety that he was feeling. He said, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. One scholar writes about Jesus' anxiety at that time, saying, knowing the physical, emotional, and spiritual torture he was about to bear, Jesus began to be sorrowful and troubled. Jesus' own words further explained his emotional state. He said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Jesus was on the verge of dying from a broken heart. So extreme was his emotional distress. Now, in the next verse, the Bible says that that Jesus fell on his face to the ground and he prayed. Praying like that, particularly, I think, in our culture, is a position, a posture of desperation. Whenever I've prayed like that on my knees with my face buried in my hands to the ground, it's been one of those times of desperate prayer, saying, God, I need you to show up. I need you to answer this prayer. I need you to help me through this situation. And why did Jesus pray like that? Because he was experiencing this huge, spiritual, emotional, physical weight that was upon him. And it says in Scripture that he prayed two different times. Once he prayed, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. And then, a little bit later, he prayed, my father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. He was talking about what he was going to have to go through. So in desperation, he prayed these very personal and raw prayers, knowing that in the end, that God wasn't going to grant his request. Now that, of course, 
would just heighten the emotional anxiety that he was experiencing, knowing that his request was not going to be granted. In fact, Luke, remember Luke who wrote the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts, he was a doctor, he was a physician, and he gives us some insight into just how anxious Jesus was. He tells us, being in anguish, Jesus prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Jesus was suffering fear and anxiety as he realized that he had to make this decision once and for all to obey the Father's will. Now, while it's amazing for us to consider that that Jesus experienced anxiety at this great immensity, uh, like sometimes we can experience anxiety, I don't expect any of us will ever go through what Jesus went through. But it's comforting for us to know that Jesus knows what it's like to have anxiety and to even have a panic attack. Pastor Sean Johnson writes about his own struggle with anxiety, and he said he had to learn three truths when it came to his anxiety and his panic attacks. He said, I had to learn that I wasn't crazy, that I wasn't alone, and that these things would end. So you and I need to know the same thing, that if we experience anxiety, if we experience panic attacks, these three things are true. You're not crazy, you're not alone, and it's going to end. And you need to tell yourself that. God's Word gives us some great counsel on dealing with anxiety when it becomes overwhelming. So we're going to look at some scripture this morning that will help us deal with our feelings of anxiety and being anxious. But I need to stress some things before I go further. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor I'm a pastor, uh, to that extent, then I'm a theologian. I can counsel you on what God's Word says about dealing with anxiety, but if your anxiety is severe, if it's debilitating, I I highly recommend you see a licensed therapist. Now, on our website, I have provided you with a list of our counselors and therapists that that I refer, not ours, but ones that I would refer you to. Um, And please understand this, that list is not exhaustive. So uh, I I tell people this all the time. I suspect if you have health insurance, your health company would give you a list of therapists in their network. And so as a follower of Jesus Christ, though, I know some people want only to go to a Christian counselor. But honestly, in this season post-COVID, I have found out that it is hard to get it into with a therapist. So this is what I tell people to do. Uh, Find a therapist that will take you. If they're not followers of Jesus, share with them in the first session. Just say, listen, I'm a follower of Jesus. I need to know if you will respect my faith perspective. It's basically you're interviewing the therapist. And if they will, and they won't counsel you outside of that, then I say go ahead because it's better than not seeing a therapist. So These are things that I want you to know with regards to this, particularly as we deal with what God's Word says about mental health. So, what does God's Word have to tell us about dealing with our anxious feelings? Well, here's the first thing. God wants us to experience confidence. Listen to what the Bible says through the prophet Jeremiah. 
Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. So listen, when we experience any kind of emotion, any kind of feeling, any unsettling thing, we need to have confidence, number one, that that God is with us and that he will walk with us through whatever we're going through. So he's going to be there. Now, Jesus addressed one of the major sources of anxious feelings in his Sermon on the Mount. This is where he told us that, that we can trust God in all situations, that he will be our provider. Listen to what Jesus said. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of those. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them, that you need them all. But first, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So Jesus is addressing our basic needs, our food, our clothing, our shelter. When any of these things are in short supply, they can create stress and anxiety. When you have more month left at the end of your money, it's going to create some anxiety, some stress. And Jesus is saying, listen, God knows our needs. God knows. So we have to trust him. And, and as you trust God and put God and his kingdom first, following him, saying, God, I don't know how I'm going to make it from this point in the month to the end of the month, but I'm going to trust you and I'm going to seek to follow you and your teaching. We know that God will work in that way and he will help meet those needs. One translation of the phrase, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, is translated in these simple words, put God's work first and do what he wants. So in other words, don't sit around in your anxiety, but also don't sit around and just wait for things to fall in your lap. Follow God. Use the gifts that he's given you. Trust him to open the door to what you need and the resources. You know, one of the reasons God has given us the body of Christ is because we're better together. And oftentimes when we're in need, it can be hard to ask for help. But it's okay to ask for help. So we don't need to be stressed out and anxious. Now, I don't want to be simplistic. I know it can be hard to trust God and to walk in faith, especially when we're anxious about basic things or even about huge things. And I know 
I know that the devil, that Satan wants to take advantage of those anxious feelings in our lives and, and just make them spiral up until they overwhelm us. A Christian author and a pastor's wife and speaker, Jenny Allen, writes about her own battle with anxiety, and she points out that the enemy has ensnared us with two words, and those two words are, what if? With those two words, he sets our imaginations whirling, spinning tales of the doom that lurks ahead of us. So let me illustrate this by what happened to me on that Saturday afternoon at that football game. Sitting there in the stands, thinking about my upcoming trip that I was really looking forward to, I began having all of these what-if thoughts. Thoughts like this. What if I have heart issues in Israel? What if I have to go to a hospital in a foreign country? What if the doctors don't understand me? What if I have to stay in the hospital for a long time? What if I can't get home and my family can't get to me? What if our insurance company doesn't cover the cost? And, and on and on, the, the questions just spiraled up. What if after what if after what if? I thought about all of those things. The anxiety grew and I became more panicky, feeling overwhelmed at the amount of what if thoughts that were preventing me from remembering something very important. They were preventing me from remembering how God had walked me through the last couple of years, how God had provided, how God had been true and trustworthy because the what-ifs just clouded all of my thinking. So how do we shut down the what-if thoughts? We have to replace the what-if thoughts with what we know to be true and trusted about God. So as I sat in that stadium and I began to pray, I asked God to help me focus on Him, and I thanked God for the things He had already done for me. Jenny Allen explains how she replaces those what-if thoughts. She says, our tool for defeating what-if thoughts is found in two other words, because God. Because God. So Let's go back to what Jesus said, and you'll see how this works. Because God feeds the birds of the air, you and I don't have to be anxious about our food needs. Because God clothes the grass of the field, I can trust God to take care of my shelter needs. These are promises in Scripture that God made for us and that we have to put these because statements, because God statements, in place. And when we do that, we are accepting that those promises are for us and they will defeat those thoughts that make us anxious. Now, let me give you another example. Consider the verse about eternal life, John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now, as a pastor, I find that despite that promise, some people are still anxious about their own salvation. So it can help to rephrase that verse in a because God statement. It would go like this. Because God loves me and because I believe in Jesus, I will not perish, but I will be saved for eternal life. So you see how because God statements can help us walk in the truth of what God has done us and, and deal with the what ifs. We can be confident that the knowledge 
in the knowledge that God has, that he knows our needs. We can trust him when we feel anxious, when we feel anxiety, even when we are moving into a panic attack. While God has created us with these feelings, all of them, he doesn't want us to get stuck in those feelings of anxiety. He wants us to be able to trust him. The next thing he wants us to do is to be able to experience his peace. Now, part of my story of coming to faith that I've shared oftentimes with many people is that before I became a follower of Jesus, I had a time of spiritual searching. And in that spiritual search, I ended up becoming involved in what I would call a pseudo-Christian cult. They had Christian language but uh, they had some major theological gaps. For instance, they don't believe that, God, that Jesus is the Son of God. And at that time in my life, uh, I was very emotionally insecure. I was very anxious about my future. I was in college, and I, you know, I, I was spending a lot of money on tuition, making really bad grades, because I had no purpose in life. I had no, no, no idea of what I wanted to do, and, and candidly, those bad grades, that lack of purpose was just making me more insecure and, and more anxious and very ripe for anybody who would care for me and, and befriend me. And so I, I was dating a, a girl who was a part of this pseudo-religious cult, and she said, hey, can I introduce you to some more folks? And, and so I, I met with these guys and they became my best friends all of a sudden. I mean, all of a sudden, I felt like I had somebody who would give me time and attention and friendship. And, and within a week's time, I decided to join. I, I joined this cult and became a part of it. And then as the weeks been, went by, I began to feel like maybe I'd done the wrong thing. Maybe, maybe they really weren't the truth because that's what they were telling me. And so I went to one of the leaders. I said, listen, you know, I, I think I made a wrong decision. I'm not sure about this. And he told me something very interesting. He said, listen, I want you to pray and ask God to give you peace about that decision. So I began to pray. I began to pray about that decision. And the more I prayed, the more lack of peace I had about that decision. To the point where... I finally said, I'm done, I quit. And not long after that, I made another decision that I had complete peace about. I decided to follow Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I decided to give my life to him, to follow him for the rest of my life. And I've had peace about that decision for over 40 years. Now, it's interesting in this pseudo-Christian cult that somebody told me to do something that Scripture actually tells us to do, that there's this promise in Scripture that if we have feelings of anxiety, if we have stress about anything, that we can actually pray and ask God to give us peace. In the Bible, God has given us this promise telling us that he doesn't want us to be worried or anxious about anything, that he wants us to have his peace in our lives. And here's the scripture that comes from. It's Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. It says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
This promise of peace from God can give us freedom from anxious thoughts. Now, this promise says that when we have anxious thoughts, that God has provided a way for us to deal with that natural human emotion of anxiety. And when we do it according to what he's told us to do, we can experience peace. And that's all this prayer is about, is talking to God and asking him to provide that peace. We need to know that we can talk to God in prayer about anything and everything. We can tell God our joys and our sorrows, our concerns and our cares, our worries and our fears. There is nothing that you can't tell God. But this promise does give us some specific guidance about how we should talk to God about what we are feeling. And when we talk to God, we'll receive that promise of peace. There's two things that I, that I hope you noticed in those verses. First, there are petitions and then there are praises. So petitions, they're just giving our request to God. It's telling God what's going on in your life and where you need help. As our loving Heavenly Father, God is interested in what's going on in our lives, and He loves it. He loves it when we talk to Him. It's just like how any loving and caring parent wants to hear from their kids when they're struggling and going through a difficult time. They want to be there for them. So the Apostle Peter also echoes this in his letter to the church in uh, Asia Minor. This is what he said. He said, cast all your anxiety on him, God, because he cares for you. So we're called to cast our anxiety, our anxious thoughts, whatever's going on in our life with God because he wants to hear from us. Going back to Pastor Sean Johnson, he writes about how when he started praying with his wife, according to Philippians chapter 4, he was encouraged to spend 30 minutes a day praying about his anxiety with his wife. And he said, you know, in the beginning, we just got really real and really raw and really honest with God, telling God exactly how we felt, exactly what we wanted God to do in this anxiety-ridden situation. And over the weeks, we watched as our petitions became less about the things we wanted and started to become more about this peace that God promised, that peace that passes all understanding. And so that's what they did. So, you know, after I joined that cult, I, I was very unsettled, very anxious. I wasn't sure what I, that I had done the right thing. And, I, and I, I realized I had made a very quick and a very emotional decision, encouraged by the members of that cult. But then when I wasn't sure... And since I was encouraged to pray, I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. And the more I prayed, the less peace I felt about that decision, about being a part of that group. And when I left, I had that peace that passes all understanding. Never looked back. Never said, what if? So we need to petition God with our request. Don't be shy. God already knows what you're thinking. You just need to, to think it to him in a prayer. Now, this verse from Philippians also says, 
We need to praise God. This, this verse tells us to make our prayers with thanksgiving. So giving thanks to God is just praising God for what he's done. You know, it's hard to be anxious and to be grateful at the same time. When we're anxious, we're consumed with what ifs. But when we're grateful, we're focused on what God has done for us. Focusing on what God has done for us and thanking him for that fills us with peace. Praising God and worshiping God and giving God thanks for all he has done reminds us over and over that God is faithful and that God will take us through whatever we're feeling anxious about. You know, a simple practice to help us deal with our doubts that lead to anxious thoughts is to to keep a, a gratitude journal. Just write down the things each day that you're grateful for. The blessings that God has given you, the the trials that God has brought you through, the ways you've seen God answer your prayers. And this is what I tell people. If you don't have something new to write in that gratitude journal, go back and read what God has done already that, that you've recorded a testimony of. You see, God wants us to experience his peace and not be anxious. And he's given us clear instructions about how to have that peace that passes all understanding. So, as I wrap this up, it's important for us to know that occasionally experiencing anxiety is a normal human emotion that God has created us to experience. The Bible normalizes that. We see Jesus experienced anxiety. We see how Scripture tells us we can address anxiety. So we need to walk in that scriptural truth. Seeking God and and using scripture can help us reduce anxiety. And and mental health professionals will also point out that there's some other things that you can do to reduce your anxiety. Like talking to a trusted friend. Journaling, if you don't have a trusted friend that you're ready to open all that to, can do the same thing. Developing some some healthy activities to get out and move and do things that, that bring life instead of keep you stuck in your thoughts. And then, of course, obviously, talking with a therapist. Now, we're part of a a greater network of churches in the greater Hartford area called Urban Alliance. And Urban Alliance is a ministry, and and in that ministry, they have a a branch that's called Caris. And they provide mental health resources for Christians in the community. And and Caris has provided us with some resources that we're also going to put on our website and our other resources page. And, And there's one there that deals specifically with anxiety. In fact, uh, in that, you, you'll see there's even a, a questionnaire to, to help you evaluate your current level of anxiety. So if you're interested, I encourage you to check that out. And please, don't just get stuck in that, but seek out professional help. I believe that, that God works through us spiritually, but also he's given people certain gifts to help us work through issues. Therapists. And so it's important that we use the resources God has availed to us to be as healthy as we possibly can. So I want to close this time, and I want to close and pray that we would walk in God's truth and know that he's with us and walk in his peace. But I also want to say this, if this is bringing insight into you and you realize that you've never entered into a relationship where you're walking with Jesus, I'm going to give you the opportunity 
tell him that you believe in him and want to follow him. And if you do decide to make that decision today, you can come see me after the service or our prayer team, and they can give you some instructions about some next steps. So if you would, would you bow your heads and let's pray. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. So, Father, as we come to this place, Lord, we recognize that you love us and you you care for us so much. Lord, you don't want us to be overwhelmed or overcome by anxious thoughts. You don't want us to to live in that uh, debilitating situation of severe anxiety. So I pray, Lord, for everyone that they would lean into you and the truth of your word, and they will understand that what Jesus went through is something similar to sometimes what we experience. And I pray that we would lean on Scripture and lean on you and draw close to you. And Lord, I pray that you would provide for us the resources we need when those things become severe. And for anyone who's never put their trust in Jesus and wants to, to have his peace that passes all understanding, I invite you just to pray these words to him. God, I believe in Jesus. I believe that Jesus died to pay for my sins. And I believe that he rose again from the dead. Now I want to follow him all the days of my life. Lord, as we close this prayer up, we pray for the peace that passes all understanding, that it would guard our hearts and our minds and our faith in Jesus Christ. We pray this in his name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.